umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with clint derringer and we have the happy business today to talk about michigan's huge 47 to 14 victory over western michigan so clint what were your thoughts on that well i think overall just uh overarching on the whole day it, it was really a great day. You know, it was great to see Ann Arbor, you know, all, all lit up and dressed up. It was great to see all the people. It was great to see, you know, you and the rest of the media and, uh, you know, our friends and family in, in that context. So the whole day just had, had such positive vibes uh, kind of attached to it. So that was that was really great. And the football game itself, I think, went as well as we could have expected. Certainly not perfect. I was uh, encouraged to hear both the coaches and the players here that, uh, you know, hear them say that they understand that this isn't uh, isn't perfect. We're not going to fall in love with one good performance and uh, continue to work on improvement. So that's that's a lot of what we'll talk about today. But overall, it was really a great day and a very, very strong, solid performance from from a lot of angles. And uh, some questions were answered. I think every question was at least uh, addressed, you know, but but I don't know that it was a, a long term answer. We still have to see it against an opponent that's outside of the MAC, of course. But all in all, you know, that's that's exactly what we wanted to see. Certainly, even uh, surpassed my expectations going in. What did you think, Clint? I would much rather have the uh, um, have the task of talking people down rather than trying to explain why. It was a tight victory that that wasn't as bad or trying to make up for a loss, right? I know heading in that I expected this to be a much tighter game. I think a lot of that was just there were so many unknowns for me because last year was kind of an outlier. We didn't really have a spring game. So I, I had a lot of concerns coming into this game, and my concerns were swept away by halftime. So I... I I very much enjoyed watching the game tape. Um, you know, I did my customary two run-throughs. I do one run-through where I turn the volume down because I don't want to be influenced by the commentators. And then I did a second run-through where I listened to what they said. That was interesting. So I, I was very happy. There were a lot of good things. And, you know, we can't completely throw last year out. But if we ignore last year for a second... This is kind of what we would have hoped for if we wouldn't have had all that uh, all that badness last year. So that was what I thought. It's like, oh, you know, now now we continue with your normally scheduled program. So I, I was I was really happy by a lot of things that I saw. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I as I mentioned in our last podcast, I kind of look at, at some of our historical seasons and other historical seasons to kind of keep uh, keep kind of a baseline comparison. And yeah, that's exactly what we would have expected. You know, the, I mentioned the t- 2011 team opened against Western Michigan. That game, uh, I think, was the one that was shortened by the thunderstorm. Right? They they won that game by 24. You know, uh, uh, just going back to pre-COVID levels of normal, the game that I would have compared that to uh, was Army, right? Which was a uh, you know a heart attack in a box in double overtime and winning by three. So certainly better than that. Um, 
So I, I think that there's almost all positives to take from it, but again, not perfect and certainly nothing to, uh, to try to carry, you know, into next week. Uh, you know, you're not gonna be able to throw the helmets out there and everybody just lay down. So as long as, as long as they continue to improve on both sides of the ball and, uh, you know, continue to step up and make plays at the rate that they did on Saturday, then, then it's gonna, gonna be a successful season. And as great as everything was, or as or I guess as great as most things um, on Saturday, uh, you know, really disappointing and 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 um, worrisome to see Ronnie Bell leave the field like that. You know, that is the worst case scenario for a game like this, where when you look at the final, when you look at the final score, Michigan won rather easily, but. The biggest impact that may echo throughout the season is the loss of, you know, a guy who showed himself in that game to be a, a dangerous weapon in, in many aspects of the game, and of course you feel for him, and you know they're they're you know hoping for the best, and uh, I think that's that's one of the things that in watching the broadcast you were able to see a lot more detail of of uh, you know him being taken off the field being able to rewatch the play where he was injured. And um, again, just, uh, you know, a lot, you know, if, if there's one big shadow over the game, it's that. And, um, you know, as great as Michigan looked in, in all aspects of the game, you know, one thing that I was thinking is that pretty much every prediction I made for the game was wrong. And I love that. I love to be wrong when I'm thinking it's going to be a tight game and there's going to be things we need to worry about. And, um, Pretty much uh, everything I said to watch out for um, didn't happen. I, I will say that that first quarter looked like what I expected. And, you know, I think uh, one of the things that you mentioned is that there was a big change to the Western offense that kind of uh, led to that. Yeah, yeah. And I first I wanted to echo, you know, what you said about, about Ronnie Bell, you know, just on, uh, from a personal as a, as a fan uh, of Michigan, obviously it's it's heartbreaking. But as a fan of, of just a, a kid that has done nothing but be you know an absolute stand up uh, human being and, and 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 kind of met all challenges head on, you know that guy. That's that's one guy that's it's just heartbreaking to see um, a, a major injury happen to him. And then also, he what a day he was having to that point. You know, I mean. It, he, he was injured in the second quarter and had already you know, scored a 76 yard touchdown made what was probably going to be the, the catch that was on the, uh, the highlight reel for, you know, all of the national media that was called back on that OPI when he, when he snagged a one hander on the sideline up the right sideline. So, and then the play that he got hurt on was a 30 yard punt return. You know, he was, man, he, he was really on fire. And, uh, it was, it was just brutal, brutal to see. And, um, I, I hope, you know, and, and, and feel confident that, that Jim Harbaugh was correct when he says he'll be back, you know, that, uh, whatever, whatever the prognosis is and whatever the recovery is, he will, uh, I'm sure he will certainly attack it and, and we'll see him again at some point in the future, um, whether it's this season or, or next season. So I was, uh, you know, I, my, my heart goes out to him and, and to his family, certainly. Uh, your, your point previously about the actual game. Yeah. That first quarter felt exactly 
as you and I had, had kind of thought that it would. You know, openers are always kind of awkward and, and people are feeling, not really feeling the other team out as much as feeling their own team out and figuring out what you've got and how to how to best utilize the, the skill sets and the players that you got. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a close still in the first quarter, close into that second quarter. Um, the offense moved the ball well and looked, uh, looked, um, like they were executing, uh, cleanly and looked sharp. But, uh, you know, defensively, Western was finding some holes in, in the zone coverage and then had, um, exploited a couple, uh, deep passes, uh, on the edges against man coverage. So it was, it was pretty much what we had expected. And then it, it seemed like Michigan's defense kind of clamped down where, where I thought that that would happen somewhere in the second half, maybe late third quarter when I was uh, kind of envisioning the game. You know, it seemed like it happened early in the second quarter. And then yesterday when I was rewatching with my kids at home, I realized, oh, yeah, that's when their best receiver got hurt was early in that second quarter. So a um, little bit of a caveat there that I, I think the Michigan defense played well certainly um surpassed my expectations i thought that uh they'd give up a few more big plays and scores but um a, a big part of that i believe is that western's number one downfield threat uh was out of the game in the second quarter and did not return and that that uh that took a little bit of the pressure off of of some of the coverage um on mike mcdonald's defense one note about that incredible catch by Ronnie Bell. When I was watching the game replay, the only thing it reminded me of was the amazing catch that Charles Woodson pulled off against Michigan State in 1997. It was in that league. Now, you can definitely say, well, that was in a rivalry game, and, and of course, Charles Woodson went on to win the Heisman Trophy and, and lead Michigan to a national championship. But that catch was amazing, and it's it's just too bad that uh, you know uh, it was overshadowed by what happened to Ronnie later. So again, wishing him the best. You know, it's interesting when you watch the uh, you experience the game in real time, and then you go back and you watch the tape, and it definitely seemed like the air went the air haha went out of the Western offense when their number one receiver went down. And the other thing that happened is that in the first quarter, it really seemed to me when I broke down the line play that the the Western offensive line was doing just enough. Um, You know, they weren't giving them, you know, years to sit back there, but they were doing just enough to deflect the Michigan rush. And then uh, from the second quarter on, uh, it was it was uh, open season on on the Western quarterback. Now, what's interesting is that, and the Michigan players mentioned this yesterday. It was frustrating because they really didn't ring up a number of sacks, but they were so close and they were pressuring them so often that I think that 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 definitely had an impact on his performance. And the Michigan offense just started reeling off big play after big play. Um, definitely an entertaining contest for uh the michigan fans who had missed out last season and this was definitely a great way to remind them of how great michigan football can be and how fun uh, an experience being at the big house can be yeah yeah absolutely and the defense i think um although i i did throw the caveat out there about being careful that uh 
Western was down a major passing threat, and, and that was, you know, certainly had something to do with their effectiveness. I, I can tell you this: that Aiden Hutchinson was absolutely unblockable. There, there were, there were some plays that there, there were missed assignments that Aiden Hutchinson came free, you know, and I think that got highlighted on the broadcast a little bit. But there were times that he, you know, that he was accounted for, and the offensive line, you know, just they barely got a hand on him. You know, his his technique and, and hand fighting skills really were dominant yesterday. To where the, there were multiple plays that the offensive linemen went to uh, to get into their punch, where, where their hands are supposed to be getting to Hutchinson's chest plate, and uh, they they whiffed. You know, with totally, uh, you know, barely touched him at all. And Aiden was immediately in the backfield. So very, very strong showing from, from Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I was also encouraged with, um, the, the run defense. I think, uh, the, it seemed like the base scheme against Western was kind of a four, two, five nickel. Look right with uh, Dax Hill going to uh, the nickel cornerback position as an extra coverage guy. So we didn't see. Um, I mean, we did see some of the odd fronts that we expected to see, but it wasn't uh, what they were in a majority of the time. And for the most part, they still held up against um, against the run game. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't say that it was perfect. There were a couple plays that they were getting gashed in the uh, third quarter. I think uh, Western saw uh, a couple adjustments that they could make to to better exploit um, how Michigan was aligning in the middle. Uh, but again, after two or three you know, pretty solid runs of about 10 yards each, 18 yards each, and, uh, and then Michigan clamped back down. So uh, all in all, it was really, really a solid showing, certainly better than even I expected. And I consider myself uh, an optimist. And uh, one of the underrated, really valuable things uh, of having a game like that is it seemed like Jim Harbaugh and the uh, the coordinators were a little bit quicker to put in the second string um, the backup guys and even the younger guys that are that are even lower on the depth chart and, and get them some meaningful snaps. And I thought that that was really really great and it happened certainly much earlier than it had in the past it seemed like uh in years past we'd be into the fourth quarter in a game like that and the starters would still be in at the start of the fourth and you and i would kind of look at each other like "Hmm, i wonder wonder why that is trying to make a statement or something but you know you're you're kind of risking injury for no reason and and we always wondered or, or just hoped that it never came back to bite michigan from an injury standpoint but yesterday or excuse me, Saturday, it was, uh, you know, a little bit past halfway into the third quarter when really the, the benches started to clear and you got those guys into uh, rotational plays, uh, playing spots against Western starters. So that was really valuable experience, and I think that that's uh, a, a very, very encouraging difference um, from years past from Harbaugh. Speaking of backups, much was made that uh, we got to see J.J. McCarthy but again, it's interesting to me that Cade McNamara had a very solid game. He ran the offense, and Michigan was in complete control, right? And I was excited to see J.J. McCarthy, 
But uh, the reason I mentioned how I break down tape is kind of to put in context just the ranting and raving of the announcers about J.J. McCarthy. Now, listen, I love all our players. I think they're all great. But it was interesting to me that uh, in, in a game that was handily won by Michigan, it seemed that the announcers were kind were picking up on fanning the flame of a quarterback controversy between Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. And listen, I know J.J. McCarthy is you know a highly rated recruit. And yes, it was an amazing throw. And yes, he has incredible arm strength. And, and that's all true, right? But what's interesting to me as somebody who's watched um, you know Michigan football year in and year out, the first thing that struck me in hearing their uh, proclamations was, you know who had a really strong arm? Joe Milton. Joe Milton made some amazing throws in practice that we had seen. And again, not to uh, not to dismiss J.J. McCarthy as Joe Milton, and you know all all good thoughts to Joe Milton as uh, he takes over the job in Tennessee as the starting quarterback. But it's just the uh, the hype was a little much. And uh, I've already picked up uh, that many fans have picked up on that and are already clamoring for a quarterback change. And I just, you know, it's the Michigan fandom. There's always going to be somebody better. And again, nothing against J.J. McCarthy and his skill or, but it's amazing how after last year, um, fans would have, I think, hungered for, a a steady performance that we got from Cade McNamara. If we had had that uh, throughout the season last year, we probably would have had a much different result. And uh, again, it, it's on to the next shiny rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that uh, it, it's just an unfortunate search for drama sometimes, you know. And, and I, I don't have a whole lot else to say. <laughs> than that you know but it affects it affects i think the folks in the fan base also you know i i think i i responded to one particular um uh, observation that was you know we haven't seen a throw like that since you know back to chad henney or, or, or something of that sort and i was like I, I remember specifically the the throw from milton to giles jackson in, in that rutgers game in, in 2019 that uh kind of made my eyes pop out so that the the athleticism is notable and, and it's certainly something that is uh is exciting as a michigan fan especially for the future but i think it was also clear that Cade mcnamara right now is uh, a better facilitator for the offense and um i am encouraged that uh, mccarthy looked like a very very good uh number two as a backup and that um the future is very very bright so it was all positives from what I saw from J.J. McCarthy. Couple, a uh, couple throws that were off the mark, but that's you want those to happen in uh, in a blowout against Western Michigan uh, on a beautiful day in Ann Arbor in, in September. So I'm glad that he got in there and, and can work through those and, and can continue working on the, what he saw in film. But I, I don't think that it's uh, any question right now that that Kate McNamara was was very 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 efficient. In, uh, in executing the game plan that, that Josh Gaddis had put together. And, uh, you know, and it resulted in a lot of points early in this game. So there, I don't know why anybody would be trying to create uh, some type of controversy other than uh, just, just needing some drama to write about. 
Yep. And it was nice to see not only did Michigan get their second-string quarterback in, they actually got their third-string quarterback in. So it's always nice to see um, the guy, you know, the, the guys who put work in every day at practice get some reps on the field. And the most important thing is that the game was well in hand. And as you mentioned, in past years, um, Coach Harbaugh would be slow to get um, the backup some reps. So it was nice to see that. The main thing I took away from the game, other than, wow, what a nice feeling to leave the stadium, uh, you know, looking up at that scoreboard, was that Michigan had talked all in the camp about wanting to run more, wanting to establish the run. And, man, did they ever. So it was nice to see that it appears that Michigan has a number of, uh, you know, number of weapons. And it was nice to see that, you know, the big plays. And and I think that was, you know, big run plays, big pass plays. It it struck me in watching the game that, you know, man, what what a highlight reel. So it was just, again, it was, I just feel like it, it swept away a lot of the bad feelings of, you know, we've all been cooped up with COVID and last season left a bad taste in everyone's mouth and, Again, you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson just being a beast on defense. Just just a beast. And what was interesting to me in watching some of the game tape is, and you know, this is one time I agreed with the announcers, there are a few times he wasn't accounted for. And, you know, uh, it's interesting when you're on the offensive side of the ball, you know, that has to be one of your, uh, one of your priorities in every huddle is who has that guy, right? And... There were also some interesting things on the Western defense where, um, you know, they had some interesting coverages. And uh, so, again, I think that you're going to see first game jitters and first game adjustments from both teams' mistakes. But, man, uh, Michigan didn't have very many mistakes. And, you know, the problem that you have or the problem that Western Michigan has is, like you mentioned, they lost their number one receiver. They just don't have the depth that a Michigan has, right? Um, Ronnie Bell goes out and, and Michigan has guys who have talent and maybe not game experience to put in. Um, you know, a, a team like Western Michigan needs everything to go their way and, and um, lose, you know, their quarterback losing their number one weapon, his number one weapon definitely had a major impact. So the other thing that I was surprised by is that, um, the Michigan coverage, you know, I was watching the defensive backs. There were a couple times where um, they let guys get away, but um, so far so good. I mean, for a first game of a new defense, I I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, there's things they need to work on, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I really expected more difficulty. And um, again, it, it's they seem to. Um, the defense seems to be up and running. I mean, it has a long way to go, and Western wasn't nearly the test that we thought it would be. But um, one thing that surprised me, and, and I said this heading in, and, and again, I guess Western needs to be who they are, but Western sure gave the Michigan defense a lot of time to align and be ready, right? They didn't really press the tempo, and that's that's something I, I think I would have done, right? Um 
but again, hey, it worked out for Michigan. And uh, again, you know, next up, uh, you know, Michigan has a, a lot of things to look forward to. And I think fans have a lot to look forward to moving forward. Yeah, the your your note about the coverage, I think, is 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 pretty accurate that Michigan looked solid, that they were in the right places and using the right techniques uh, for the most part. And when guys did get free uh, internally, I, I really thought that a lot of that, just from my eye in, in real time there, was more about uh, linebacker drops in those zone coverages and then also not getting, um, not getting good contact on those guys coming off the line and giving some free releases to, to guys as they're crossing the field. So um, I personally, on, on some of those plays across the middle that, that ended up being uh, big conversions, I, I think there's some uh, some work to do with your underneath coverage with the linebackers and, uh, and maybe um, the safeties over the top. But, yes, the cornerbacks looked like they were in much, much better position. I think uh, – the two examples that stand out that that maybe aren't uh, the best um, examples of a good day were, were the first quarter. You know the play that went over Jamon Green. He's right there in position and just didn't didn't make the play on the ball. You know that happens. And then you know I don't know that they threw it back at Jamon Green again. So um, the only thing that I remember seeing uh, or looking at number twenty two was that early play where he was in position. I thought he might even be able to intercept the pass. And the receiver made a nice play and kind of plucked it right off of his hand and uh, and, and had a big first down on that first scoring drive for, for Western. Uh, so he bounced back, didn't, didn't get down, didn't complain. Um, and then the other one was a, a deep pass um, going in the opposite direction against Vincent Gray that looks like uh, the receiver might have beaten him by a step. And uh, he gets there just as the ball's getting there. Um, I, I'm not sure whether he actually caused uh, caused the incompletion or if the uh, the receiver just kind of dropped it. But um, that that was probably the only real miss I would say on the coverage on the outside. And, and given what we saw last year, you know that's that's significant um, with all the other caveats that we've said still holding true. I, I agree with you 100% that they were clearly, clearly uh, much better than they were last year from a technique standpoint. And obviously, this staff has done a good job of installing the, the schemes to this point because I think they did get aligned and communicate and, and execute the plan very well. My, I think the, the biggest concern for me coming out of this game after, like I said, everything else, nine out of ten things being very positive coming out of this game. The biggest concern for me is still that uh, Western's third down success rate and uh, and explos- explosiveness is still much too high. Um, even when I remove garbage time, you know, when the backups were in there, when I'm looking at third down success rate, um, you know, yesterday Western – was successful on 55% of their third downs, you know, converting. So that is that is way, way, way too high for any game. Um, so I think, again, Michigan figured some things out and clamped down starting, uh, you know, early in the, in the second quarter. And, again, we were in garbage time from about halfway into the third quarter. 
So a lot of the positive plays that we saw and feel uh, aren't considered in that number. But early when it was close and when, you know, it was still a close game uh, into the second quarter, I think Michigan's defense still has some work to do on making the big plays uh, on those third downs. Uh, and that includes avoiding, you know, backbreaking penalties. So one of the things that uh, one of the positives I took is I was concerned, um, you know, when we're talking Michigan's defensive line versus Western's offensive line. Western had said coming into the game that, you know, their their deal on offensive line is they have big offensive linemen and they wear people down during the game. Well, I didn't see that against Michigan. And like you said, by, by midway through the third quarter, the game was, for all intents and purposes, over. But it didn't appear that that was going to happen no matter what. And, and I was, I was really happy about that. And again, I think the main thing that concerned me in the first quarter was the, the, the protection seemed to be just enough. And, you know, Michigan dialed up an attack and they were able to, to solve it. So what'll be interesting for me is, you know, what's my big negative from the game? The big negative is Ronnie Bell, and, you know, and I think we can both agree on that. But from what I saw, um, as happy as I am that Michigan won, I'm not sure how much of a test this was, right? And nothing against Western. I mean, I, you know, I know they put in, you know, the maximum effort, but, you know, the way the game went with the big plays, Michigan was able to take them out of, what they would have wanted to do. And um, again, I, I just, I kind of feel like that if Western was going to have a shot here, it was going to have to be a low scoring game. And when I say low scoring, maybe in the twenties or thirties, I don't see Western scoring 47 points on Michigan. Right. Um, and, and again, so um, again, it, 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 what I saw in the first quarter worries me. Because I think that could be a template for for more talented teams, and I think the true test of this defense will be when the pace is increased, right? When the cadence is increased, when they're when they are pressed by a, a team that's going to run up the line and 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 have you know run two or three plays, have them pre called and and force them into not having time to think about how they're going to align, um, to force them in, to have to react and not think so much, right? Because what I saw yesterday is the defense could kind of line up and and had a had a had a chance to consider, okay, I got this guy, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, you know, I think the uh the more talented teams are not going to allow that to happen. Yeah, I I I certainly can agree with that. And and I think on the positive side, I, I we'd be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge that uh, not only was, was Michigan's commitment to the run game uh, kind of realized and backed up in action, but also, you know, the the running backs, what we heard about uh, Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum being kind of 1A and 1B certainly looked the part yesterday. I think Blake Corum absolutely was night and day different as a runner uh, with the ball in his hands and uh, and as a receiver. Um, yesterday than what we saw in his freshman year last year. So um, the the development of Blake Corum certainly a, a hat tip to to him and his personal 
uh, off-season work. And uh, I think Mike Hart, being the new running backs coach, um, certainly uh, would also help there. You know, Mike is, uh, has had a lot of success in big in the Big Ten at Indiana with running backs, and and even back to um, you know his stops for that. So the the running backs were were very very solid. It was great to see you know just like it was great to see JJ McCarthy get in there in uh, some real time. It was really good to see Donovan Edwards get some carries with uh, the first offensive line against uh, Western's starting defense, and he looked you know very solid. You know, I think he got six carries and uh, broke a few tackles, made a couple guys miss in the hole, uh, showed uh, an ability to get north and south quickly and uh, not not running sideways um, very often. So all in all, very, very encouraging out of the running backs room. And um, also, I think Josh Gaddis did a a very good job of being um, uh, creative with the run game. You know, making the the two big plays on end arounds to to your fastest receivers, AJ Henning and, and Roman Wilson, both with long runs on on end arounds, uh, finding ways to be creative and and still establishing the run, not just uh, slamming your forehead into a wall over and over again. Uh, always very encouraging. Also, you know, and I think uh, you made a great point about the running backs. You know, there were concerns when Michigan had transfers. Well, I think you can look at the raw talent and the performance that we saw yesterday and understand perhaps why some players left for for different opportunities. And and that's not a a criticism of them, but I think that, you know, in the offseason, there's a lot of hand-wringing, right? There's, oh, we lost so-and-so. Why did they leave? Oh, what's going on? What's wrong? Well, you know, sometimes, and I think especially now that the – the transfers are easier. It sometimes it's just, you know, a guy looks at the depth chart and says, "Listen, I I need to move somewhere else to to get a better opportunity to to get a chance to showcase his skills." And I think that um, yesterday's or Saturday's performance versus Western definitely, um, I think, clarified some things or or basically uh, um, helped fans dismiss some of their their worry about some of those transfers yep i i agree with that and and you know specifically charbonnet out in in ucla is really having a great start to his season and and that's that's really great news i'm happy for him uh as a player to be successful but i i still don't know exactly where he would have been in the mix here if he was still in the running back room and i'm glad um that it seems like it's worked out for everybody to this point. So um, I'll take that for what it's worth and 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 look forward to seeing big things out of uh, the, the very, very interesting and diverse back backfield that we've got here, kind of a thunder and lightning um, dynamic setting up. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.